Well, good morning. Hope everybody's doing all right. Have you ever, everybody had a good weekend? Good weekend? I am kind of on a little bit of a high this morning because we just got back from seeing Aurora in Lynchburg, Virginia. Um, I'm also tired, so um, I got in at 11.45. Um, Quinn and Nicole got in much later than that. We drove separately. But um, not because there's anything wrong. I just wanted to get back, and they wanted to stay afterwards. And, you know, it would have been really fun if I had got in after 12 <clears throat> this morning. But nonetheless, we, we went up there, and it was band parent day up there. So uh, we got to spend time with Aurora, and then we got to see their show. It was really, really nice. Now, during the banquet, the uh, band director, his name is Dr. Stephen Kerr, he told this story, and I just wanted to tell it to you this morning. Um, about four years ago, this is a true story, four years ago, uh, the guard, and if you don't know anything about marching band, the guard are the people that twirl the flags on the field, okay, and they dance, that's the guard. So the guard would get ready in this bathroom on campus, and once they had their makeup done, they would put on their lipstick, and then they would kiss the mirror, it was just a tradition, they'd kiss the mirror, and then they would go perform. Well, this became a problem. This started to be an issue. The janitorial staff didn't like it, and you know some other people like that became a problem. <clears throat> and so the guard leader, I, I really don't know what that's called. I mean, I've been in March Band, but I can't remember what that's called. But the guard leader took all the girls into the bathroom and brought the janitor in that would be cleaning the mirror, you know, after they did this thing. And, she explained that, you know, when you, when you put on your lipstick and when you kiss the mirror, it, it takes some time to clean this off. And so to show you how much time it takes to clean the lipstick off the mirror, I brought the janitor with me, and he's going to show you. So he, he grabbed a squeegee, and he dipped it into a toilet, and he went toward the mirror. And Dr. Kerr said they'd never had a problem with the kiss of the mirror again. <laughs> Isn't that a great story? A great story. So um, how many of you have like a Fitbit? Like you wear a Fitbit? Any of, just a couple of you are health conscious? Oh, you, yeah, good. A couple of you. How many of you use the Apple Watch for like walking and stuff like that and steps like that? I do, I do too. I do too. If you've been here a while, you know that I have a thing called Stealth and it games your core not going to get into that, but what I am going to tell you is I haven't done it in two and a half months. I keep saying I'm going to start back on Monday, and I never seem to be able to start back on Monday. I, I took a break to go on vacation, and I've been on vacation from exercising for two and a half months now. Got to get back to it. But my watch is set to go off when I achieve certain goals, right? So my wife has the goal of 2,000 calories a day burning, uh, she has a goal of 20,000 steps, for, and she has a Fitbit, and it goes off for that. Just, she has that sort of goals. I have, I, I know, Siri, I know you want to talk to me. Um, I have a different set of goals, all right, on my watch, because I like to achieve whatever it is I'm trying to achieve during a given day. And so I try to burn 323 calories a day so that my watch will go off and make me feel good about myself. Okay, I also have 3,000 steps that sometime during the day, my watch is going to go off and say that I have walked 3,000 steps. 
Um, I also have um, a thing on here that tells me how much I stand. Now, I, I, I stand when I work most of the time. Like if I'm studying, that's why my tables are so high in my office because I stand when I work. So my stand goal is 12 times a day, and that's easy. That's easy to do. But I have these goals, and they go off, and it really makes me feel good. To kind of put this in perspective for you, <laughs> when I'm in my office and have to walk all the way back here to the storage facility, halfway there, my watch says, I see that you're exercising. Do you want to record this? Come on, that's funny. I see that you're recording. And so um, I received an email the other day, and uh, it was from Apple, and I've been invited to an award ceremony. And uh, I am getting an exercise participation award. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I am here literally all week long. All right? So you can stop by 9 to 5, really. What a way to make a living. Um, and get any of these jokes. So anyway, isn't it amazing how results-focused we are, though? You and I are results-focused. We're, we're trained to be this way. Like, for instance, some of you have a job, right? Yeah? And your job is based on some type of merit system, some type of result system. If you're a teacher, the government has said that your class has to make this on the test in order for you to get whatever it is, for you to be deemed a good teacher. Um, before they entered into the picture, uh, it was grades. A, B, C, who's passing your class, who's going on. I'm sure that there was some type of merit system for that. Other jobs are the same way. Like you have this merit system. If you do a good job, you may get a raise. If you do a good job, you will be exonerated in some way. If you do a bad job, you're going to lose your job. It, it, you're just not going to happen. It, it's not going to happen very long. Um, school. If you fail in school, that's a thing, right? And we all have children, and we want them to make A's and B's, right? Because we really want them to make A's and B's. But then, you know, if we have the kid that just makes a C, we're excited about that. Maybe that's all they could do. But inside, as a parent, you want them to try for the B next time, Right? Oh, come on. Yes, you want them to try. Now, you'll be fine if they tried their best and they got a C. I'm sure you will because you're a loving parent, and that's just the way this rolls. But you're trying to get them to achieve more. So it's a merit-based sort of system of football teams. Like NFL, Jacksonville, are they going to win a game? Thank you. Thank you. I did research on this because I'm not a football person. But the worst 2021 team, according to what I've looked up, is Jacksonville. And then it's Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons. Here's how bad I am. I, don't, I didn't even know Atlanta had a team. Just, I thought they were the Braves. I, I just, you know, baseball and that was it. And that kind of tells you how much the Atlanta Falcons have achieved. Because the, the names I know have been to the Super Bowl. Like, I know those names. But if the Falcons have been to the Super Bowl, I'm really going to be embarrassed, but not really. Well, there. I do not even know the people that have made it to the Super Bowl. That's how merit-based this whole thing is. I mean, it's, it's, it's horrible. So we measure people, and we measure ourselves according to um, 
uh, you know, these things. Have any, has anybody ever done a home project? Nobody? Anybody ever done a ho home project? I am, I am fairly good at some home projects, but then there's this big chunk of home projects that I do not have completed. I have a kitchen that I've been trying to complete for probably 12 years now. just haven't been able to do it. Part of the reason is I can't find hickory wood to finish a banister that I need. And to be honest with you, I haven't looked for the hickory wood. So I am failing in that area. It's a merit-based sort of system, and, and we, we do this. What often happens with this merit-based system, which I think is a good system to have. I think, I think you need to achieve. I think you need to have good results. I think you need to do that. But what often happens with this merit-based sort of thinking is it bleeds over into our prayer life. We start thinking, if I pray this way and I don't get it, maybe there's something wrong with me. Or why in the world didn't I get the answer to that prayer when I prayed it? And you start thinking in terms of, of merit-based sort of praise. So with that in mind, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. By the way, my watch just said, off to a great start, stay in the groove. You're moving way ahead of schedule for this time of day. <laughs> and I feel good about myself. <laughs> I didn't plan that. That was amazing. Okay, uh, Matthew chapter 7 verse 7. Says this, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. Now, instantly, you begin to think, well, this is merit based. If I, I've asked for stuff, and it doesn't seem God has moved, I've asked for things to happen. And he didn't answer my question. He didn't answer my request. So here it says, I would be given. So what in the world does this mean? And verse 8, for everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be open. So you ask, you receive. This is a promise. This is not just a suggestion. It's a promise. You seek and you are going to find. You are knocking and it's going to be open to you. This is a promise. But I don't know about you, but there are things that I've asked for that I just haven't gotten. And it's from this passage of scripture that we, we begin to think in terms of merit and we and we. We said, well, I didn't get it, so maybe there's something wrong with me. Job's friends in the Bible, because I know you've never done this. Somebody's sick and they're bad off, and, you know, you've never said, well, it might be because of sin. You've never had that thought about that person before that it might be about. I know you haven't, but there's three people in the Bible that did, that were good friends of Job, that came and said, it must be a sin. You must be prideful. You must be something, because it was a merit-based God relationship. Now, I'm telling you, a lot of us approach prayer merit-based. If we don't get what we ask for, we, we feel bad about it. Well, you might be sitting here thinking, well, no, I'm not really merit-based about this. Well, let me ask you a question. 
is the only time you pray, like really pray, when something goes wrong. Because if you only pray when something goes wrong, you are approaching prayer as a merit-based sort of system. So if something's going wrong, I hit my knees, I pray. But if everything's fine, it's great. My merit's good. God loves me. You know, I, I don't really pray that much when things are good, but when things are bad, we get really serious, right? And it's not going through, and that is a merit-based system. Okay, so maybe you don't do that. But I bet you do this. Not that I'm a betting man, but I'd put $100 on this. If I walk up to Angie and say, oh, my goodness, Angie, you have COVID and I'm praying for you. She does not. You have COVID and I'm praying for you. Have I ever walked up to Angie and said, Angie, I've been praying for you this week. I hope it has been a great one. I mean, do you ever do that? Or is the only time you approach somebody to tell them that you're praying for them is when there's something wrong? That is merit-based, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, if you, I know you're doing that to make them feel good, and I think you should do that. But I also think that every now and then, you need to walk up to Patrick and say, Buddy, I've been praying for you. You're an inspiration to my heart. And, and I love you, and I prayed for you this week. I spent time in prayer for you and your family. Nothing has to be wrong. I'm not negating a prayer sheet because we need it, but everything on the prayer sheet is just because somebody has a sickness and we need to pray for those people. But if that is the only reason that we go up to somebody and say, hey, I've been praying for you this week. I know you're going through a tough time in your relationship with your your spouse. I know you're going through a tough time. That is merit-based praying. And we let this merit-based thing infused in our life. And listen, prayer is not given to you to be merit-based. Prayer is given to you because God wants a viable relationship with you. Prayer is about relationship. It's not about results. You sit down with God and you talk to God and every time you pray, you get closer to God. You ask and you receive, you seek and you find, you knock and it's open. You get to have a relationship with God. Here's what we often do if we're merit-based or result-based in our praying. We go, uh, Lord, please give me this. Lord, please do this. Lord, please do this. And when it's done, we say, great, it's been done. But at this point in time, because we're result-based, we are really not praising God fully for what he has done. We're giving him credit. And there's a difference between giving God credit for giving us something and praising him for what he's done. There's a total different. And the result is we're giving God credit. Yes, God did this for me. I'm really excited. It's a great thing. And then we move on. We don't talk to him again until we want something else. And we constantly talk and talk and talk. Relationship, though, does this. You sit down every day with God, or you pray in your car, wherever you do. And you're talking to God, and you're saying, hey, Lord, you know, it's just great to be in your presence right now. I want to tell you some stuff about my day. 
And you tell him about the day, and you give him some requests, and you praise him for some stuff that he's doing, and you offer these requests. And after you get finished, you exit that moment, praising God for being in his prayer presence, if you will. I know he's everywhere, but being in the presence of God during prayer time. And you're just thankful that you are able to go to God in prayer and talk to him on that particular day. So you go through your life, you, you sit down and you talk and you ask and you pray for people and, and you thank God for people and you keep going and, and you go and you, you go like six or seven, eight days, a couple months later and all of a sudden something happens and you know that it's because you've been talking to God about it for a very long period of time and all of a sudden it happens. You're not expecting it to happen, it, it just happens and all of a sudden you're like, man, God the Father is great. He's absolutely incredible. I had almost forgot that I asked him for this. And here he is giving me this blessing. And my relationship with him has grown over this period of time. And this is an amazing thing that has happened. And the rest of the day, you bask in the glory of whatever he has done. So when you're basking in the glory, I don't really fully understand what basking means, but I'll look it up later. Other people have said it, so I know it means what I'm trying to communicate, okay? So you, you, you're like, oh my goodness, what a great God. And it happens, and you're like, wow, I have an amazing Father. See, results base is like, oh, I didn't get it. Oh, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I mean, it's a, it's a hissy fit is what it is. And you start, you start getting more depressed about it because, oh, God, but it's just getting worse. Oh, it's just getting worse. Oh, it's just getting worse because what you want is an answer. You're basically the kid that wants chewing gum at Walmart, and he's just a spoiled brat. And he gets the chewing gum, and he doesn't even say thank you. And if he does, you know it's not praiseworthy, right? Even if the mother says, say thank you. He might say thank you, but it's not praiseworthy. He just got something he wanted. And it's just a matter of time before he gets to pitch a fit again because he's not getting his way. And let me tell you, prayer is not about you getting what you want. It's not about you getting your way. Prayer is about relationship. You sit down with God the Father, you talk to him, you ask him about stuff, and he listens. Notice this passage of scripture, it says in verse 9, for which one of you, if his son, see that relationship? Ask him for bread, will give him a stone. No, I, I wouldn't do that. I might throw a stone at Quinn. I'm just kidding. I'm just absolutely joking about that. Just joking. You, but who would do that? Who would do that? Nobody would. Or if he asked for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. Nobody. I wouldn't do that. If you then, who are what? Evil. Every single one of us is evil, but we would treat our kids nicely. Okay? Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? God is our Father. We 
are his children, if we receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, we get to go into God the Father's presence and sit and talk to him about our day and what we think we need and leave it in his hands and then just go through life. It is an amazing thing. Some of you have a problem with thinking in terms that God is your father. The reason that you have a problem with that is because your earthly father isn't a good one. There are fathers and parents that just do not treat their kids correctly. And so you have transposed that, not intent, you don't want to, but you've transposed that um, experience onto God the Father. And I'm here to tell you that God the Father is not like your earthly father at all. In fact, he's a good father. And some people would say he's a good, good father. He's good. And he's never going to do anything evil towards you. He's never going to do something that's bad for you. He's never going to do that to you. He's just not going to do that. Everything that he does for you is for your benefit. Everything that he does for you is for, uh, to push you toward goodness, to toward greatness. He wants what's best for you. Now, some of us in here have had great fathers. I am one of those. I have a great father. Nicole is another one. She has a great father because, let me just say this, there are great men that are fathers in America. I don't care what the media says. I don't care how they're portrayed on the TV, on the movie screen. There are good men trying to do the best they can as dads in their home, and they're involved with their children. They're helping out. They're, they're doing the things that dads should do. And to that, I commend those dads, and I say stick with it because there's more of you than people give us credit for. Come on, church. There's more of us in the world. Just because there's a couple of bad eggs doesn't mean we're all bad. So God is in heaven and he's a good father and he doesn't, he doesn't ever do anything that is bad for you. He wants to have a relationship with you and he wants that relationship to go deeper than just a vending machine. Come on. He wants you to have a relationship with him. So ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. So let's explore this a minute. Well, Philip, <clears throat> I heard what you said, and it's a relationship. How does that fit into this text? Well, if I ask for something, and God says, Let's wait on that. How am I deepening my relationship with God, and how is he deepening his relationship with, with me? Well, I'll tell you how. If God tells you to wait, he's teaching you about his sustaining power. See, sometimes we ask for stuff, and God's just going to wait a little bit, so that you can experience his sustaining power. 
I've had this sickness for a very long period of time, and, and it doesn't seem that God, God has answered that. And God seems to be saying, wait. Why is he saying, wait? Well, he's saying, wait, because I want you to experience me and my, my sustaining power. If he answered right away, you would never get to know God in that particular fashion. Well, what if God says no? Because God does say no from time to time, right? What if God says no? Well, then God and your relationship wants you to get to know him and his comfort. You would never know the comfort of God if he gave you your wish list. You would never get to experience that. And listen, comfort is the place where he really shows you he loves you. The Bible says in multiple places that God weeps with you. He's touched. He's concerned with what you're concerned with. And so he, you and he, in a relationship, he says, no, you're good with that because you are starting to get to know not only his sustaining power, but you're also getting to know him and his comfort, his compassion, who he is, right? Well... What if God dynamically answers your prayer? You get to know the amazing power of God to work miracles. Come on. I, after the service, got to lead a person to Christ last week. I don't know if you remember, but up here... I would love to have more baptisms and been praying for that and, and see more people saved. I would love to see that happen. And right after the service, someone received the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. They will be baptized in the 930 service next week. Come on. Now, I said I, but let me tell you what I mean by that I. That is a miraculous answer to a prayer that I had nothing to do with other than saying, let's pray. Are you tracking? And in that moment, you experienced the amazing miracle of salvation. I have seen people that have had cancer that have been healed of that cancer. And that is a moment that you're like, oh my goodness, that is the mighty power of God. There are times that I have gone through certain things and asked God for it, and God immediately answers in that moment. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that is amazing how quickly and how precise he answered that prayer. And you get to know Jesus in a relationship when he does those types of things. But if he only did that, you would miss out on his compassion. If, you, if he only did that, you would miss out on his sustaining power. If he only did that, you would not know the God that loves you in the way that he wants you to know him. He wants a relationship with you and he wants that relationship to be deep. Deep. Nicole and I have been married 25 years. That's a miracle. Not really. But, yeah, well, it is. Well, I would have to say, yeah, oh, it done, that's not what the message is about. So there are times in our marriage that I will say, I think we need to do this, and Nicole will say, I don't think we need to do that. And 
and I will say, well, I really think we should. And she'll say, I don't think we should. And I will say, no, I think we really should. And she'll say, I'm not so sure about that. In those moments, whether they got heated or not, I never doubted whether or not she was my wife and I had a relationship with her. And there are sometimes, and she's not in here right now, so I can say this, that she's right. I wouldn't want her to know that, so don't send her to the street this week. I don't want her to know this, but sometimes she's right. Because some things that you want to do takes from this pot over here and puts money toward this pot over here, and then you're not able to pay for things that are not really that serious, like the power bill. Right? Or your mortgage. You're not able to do that because you're, you're taken from this pot. So sometimes that happens. And I'll tell you this. It works in the opposite direction. Sometimes Nicole wants to do some things. And I say, no, we can't do that. And we go back and forth. But never has Nicole doubted the fact that she has a relationship with me. And it hasn't stopped her from asking over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And over again. And pushing for it. Do what? You're laughing? I, I'm not using the word I used at the first service, okay? Because I didn't want to use that word. But you're all thinking it right now. Just think over and over again, and you'll get the word. Okay? And then some lady over here says that men nag too. Just in case you... I didn't really say that. Lady over here. And I responded by saying, we don't. We have prayer requests. That's the, that's the difference, okay? So over and over again. But as, as we ask and as we ask, even if we don't get the thing that we wanted, we have never been like, well, she must not love me. She must not care for me. See, some of you treat God like you do your marriages. You have read... Gary Chapman's Five Love Languages. And I like that book. But here's the problem that people make concerning that book. They get the Five Love Languages and they're like, he never, my, it's gifts and he never gives me a gift. My love language is gifts and he never gives me a gift. And it's a merit-based sort of love. Are you tracking? That's not what that book's about. That book is about you knowing what the other person's love language is, and then you doing that love language. It's not meant for you to judge their merit based on what they do to you. Dr. Chapman would tell you the same thing if he was sitting right here. He would agree with me. I've asked him about it. Right? And sometimes we judge God, well, you don't really love me because he must not really care for me because he must not, and it's all merit-based. And God doesn't want to be a merit-based God or he would have been the genie in Aladdin. God wants a relationship with you. And you and I have to get to the place where the desire to get to know God the Father is stronger than our desire to get what we want. I want a relationship with God. I really don't care much if I get what I want. I want to get to know him better and be closer to him. And if I get something, it's great. If I don't, it doesn't. Because this is less important than getting to know my heavenly father. 
Verse 8, for everyone who asks, receives. What if the receiving is a deeper relationship with God the Father? I ask, and I talk to him about it, and all of a sudden, I have a deeper relationship with God. What if the seeking is in seeking your prayer request and asking that prayer request to God the Father is actually what you find is a God that cares more than you knew he cared yesterday. A God who's more willing to listen to you today than you thought he was yesterday. What if your, what if your relationship gets deeper and deeper? You sought and you found not your answer, but an amazing God who just keeps getting more and more amazing, which is a conundrum, isn't it? Because he never changes. But to me, he gets more and more amazing with every single day that I walk with him. Absolutely more and more amazing. What if that is what you're finding? And what if the knocking, right, is the open door to remind you that you are in his family and you have the right to have that relationship with him. You have that right to sit down with him and he's waiting for you to come and talk to him. What if the knocking is opening the doors of heaven for God to continue to bless you with his relationship with you and your relationship with him? Doesn't that change the way you look at prayer? This means that just like you used to call your wife before you were married every single day, and for the new people, you text your girlfriend every single day or FaceTimed your girlfriend every single whatever you did before you were married that you stopped doing after you were married, that is precisely what we do when we go out. God is so awesome, and we're getting to know him, and we're part of his family, and we are just going to talk to him in the good times, and it's going to be the same in the good times as it is in the bad times, and we're just getting to know God. And the more you do that, the more you realize who is in control in this world and who is not, and who has power over your life and who does not. You get to know him. Paul would put it to you this way. To know him and the power of the resurrection and the fellowship of the sufferings. Did you get that? So your relationship with him is what really matters. That's great stuff. Right? So how are you approaching prayer is it results based and you're basing your merit on whether you get what you want or is it relationship based because if it's relationship based you already know where your merit lies you are a son and daughter of God and nothing is going to change that I can't think of how you could get higher on the totem pole than a family member of God. I don't know how you could improve your merit after the blood of Jesus Christ saved you from all your sins and made you righteous. I don't know how you could become more important. It's relationship. 
So, this was so good, that little point. No, I remember it. Yeah. I remember it. Because I believe this. When I pray, I have faith that God can, not that He will. Two totally different things. I have faith that He can, not that He will. I also have faith that if He decides not to give me what I've requested, that it must have been bad for me. It must have been bad for me. And because I have a relationship with my father, I know my father knows what is best. And if he doesn't give me something, I'm good with it. I have faith that he has done the best thing for me. And I'm telling you, there's some things that we ask for that he should say no to because it would ruin us. Like, I would like to win the lottery. I've asked for those numbers for years. And God just hasn't given me those lottery numbers. If he gave me the numbers, I would go play. And I've told him that. I would be faithful. I would be faithful. You just give me the numbers for the week. I would go put my money down and pay. And this is what I would do for you, God. I would take part of that money and build a building here at Farmington Baptist Church. I would donate it to your cause. You know, he's been very silent on that and has said no because money would absolutely probably ruin me. Did you see the probably there? I can't even say it would ruin me because I don't think it would, but he does. Are you tracking? It's faith that he can, not that he will. And it's faith that if he doesn't, he has answered according to what's best for me. And I'm so thankful that I have a relationship where my merit is not determined by whether or not he answers my prayers or not. You ask so you get to know him better. That's what you receive. You seek and you find him. You knock and heaven's doors open and it expands your view of what's going on here. And all these little things become really, really small. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. <clears throat> and I thank you for this lesson on prayer. Um, the concept that it's not results-based, but relationship-based, for me is revolutionary. And I'm sure for people in this room, it's the same way. We are so thankful that you have provided a way for us to talk to you and have a relationship with you and spend time with you. And our desire here this morning is to deepen that relationship with you. And I pray for everyone in this room, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will help us pursue that relationship with you and think less about results. That spending time with you and getting to know you is enough to receive, is enough to find. So that if we get what we ask for, if we don't get what we ask for, it's okay. 
because we got something better. And that's a deeper relationship with you. I think and I believe that each person in this room that has children just loves having those children at home and loves having those children around them and love spending time with those children. And there's not an amount of money in the world that's more precious than that. And Father, not only do you feel that way about us, but we desire to feel that way about you. That it's not the next miracle that will make us love you better. That it's not the next thing that we wanted that we get that would make us love you better. It's not that. But that time with you and that growth in that relationship is just the moment where we get to know you better and we further know how to love you and how you love us. So I ask everyone in this room, for everyone in this room, that this week when we go out and pray, we pray in terms of relationship and not results. Relationship and not wants. Unless that want is to get to know you more. And I may be naive, and that's fine, but I believe that the people in this room, because they're here on a Sunday morning and the people watching, desire to have that relationship with you. And I pray that you help us pursue that. And so we ask all these things. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.